breaking news from KXAN News. We were really just trying to get up there fast before like maybe a fire happened or something. We ran in the house, he kicked the door down. Neighbors in a Georgetown community rushed to help after a small plane crashed into a house. Hi everyone and thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. Three people on board were hurt, but neighbors tell us they were able to walk away on their own. The plane smashed into the duplex on Northwood Drive at around noon today. KXAN Sarah Alshay joins us live from the neighborhood where this is very much still an active scene. Sarah. Mike, you can see the plane took off a chunk of this roof. Now, the FAA says it's a single engine beach plane. Officials say no one lives here. It's an unoccupied duplex, but they say those on board were coming home, coming back from having breakfast in Kerrville, which is about a two hour drive from Georgetown. They say they experienced engine failure, which led to the crash. The Georgetown Fire Department says it received a call from air traffic controllers at Georgetown Airport shortly before noon about a small single engine plane having some difficulty making it back to the runway. They say not too long after getting that call, air traffic controllers lost radio and visual contact with the plane. This is the area Georgetown Fire was dispatched to. Fire officials say they don't know exactly what went wrong with the engine, but the FAA and National Transportation Safety Board say they will investigate. Officials say those three passengers were taken to the hospital, but surprisingly, officials say when they first arrived, Arrived, the people in the plane were walking out of the front door. They say that's because witnesses nearby went into the home, opened up the attic, and helped lead them downstairs. And we spoke with the witnesses who helped out. They say two women and a man were on that plane. We went upstairs and they were like climbing off the roof and we just helped them help them get down off the roof. They were scared. They didn't know what was going on, looked really confused. They were limping, but besides like blood and a few gashes and burnt feet from walking up on the roof, um, they were in pretty good condition. Officials tell us most of the damage is on the roof, but that the rest of the home isn't in bad shape. They say their biggest concern is the plane fuel that dripped from the attic to the second and first floor. They say they're waiting for it to all evaporate and wash off, but in the meantime, they cut off anything that might ignite a fire. Um, we also reached out to the Georgetown Airport, but they had no comment at this time. Back to you in the studio. Sarah, thanks. Such a nice thing that nobody was seriously hurt. Going in depth now, there have been a few recent small plane crashes in Texas. Just last month, one person was killed after a small plane crashed in northwest Harris County. That was last night, rather. According to authorities, he was making circles near the West Houston Airport as he was landing and crashed into a power line. The crash caused significant power outages in that area. Earlier this month, one person died in a small plane crash in Grayson County. That's near Sherman in North Texas. In February, one person survived a small plane crash on a Lakeway golf course after losing power and gliding onto a driving range near the Lakeway Air Park. And in June of last year, a small plane crashed into Lady Bird Lake after losing power. Nearby paddle boaters rescued that pilot. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon.
Not as beneficial of a round of rain for many of us in the Austin metro today, but there were still some storms out there. Most of us just saw this, though, the puffy scattered cumulus clouds like we're seeing in Liberty Hill now from our Whittlesey Landscape Supplies camera. Still on radar, we are watching a few very isolated showers, uh, one in particular moving south of the city of Blanco through southern Blanco County, but it is really falling apart. Most of this activity developed just after noon south of Austin into portions of the Hill Country, Hayes County, Caldwell County as well. But now most of those storms have moved south of the KXAN viewing area and rain chances are really at 10% or less for the rest of the afternoon and into the evening. Temperatures were hottest in the areas that were driest. We're at 104 now in Austin, but you can see the 90s south of Austin where they had some rain cooled air and plenty of triple digits into the Hill Country and upper 90s and low 100s in our eastern counties. So we'll carry a low 10% rain chance through about seven or eight o'clock tonight 100 at seven then it's just partly cloudy skies at nine and 11 as we fall into the 80s by 11 as rain chances drop back to zero. So rain chances are fading. Still one more day that we may squeeze out an isolated shower. We'll track that potential slow heat improvements and signs of a pattern change ahead in first warning weather. All right, Nick, we'll see you in a bit. Thank you. A boil water notice is now lifted for people in Maynard. The notice for those living in the Cottonwood Creek Municipal Utility District was lifted this afternoon. It went into effect Friday after officials said a precautionary boil water notice was needed because of lower water pressures. The district is still under stage two water restrictions. And according to the Texas Tribune, boil water notices have skyrocketed in the last few years. In 2019, there were nearly 800 reported across the state. That number shot up to over 1,600 in 2020. And in 2021, Texas reached a peak of nearly 4,000. Last year, just over 3,000 boil water notices were issued to Texas counties. Well, someone broke into the NAACP office in East Austin overnight. That's according to the president of the Austin chapter, Nelson Linder. Linder says someone threw a brick into the front window, caused some damage inside, and stole some property. He says nobody was in the office on East 11th Street at the time of the break-in. The new data analyzed by KXAN investigators shows parents in Travis County are paying more for child care than any other county across the state. The data from the U.S. Department of Labor estimates the majority of parents in Travis County last year were paying at least $11,000 annually for an infant in daycare. Tarrant, Collin, Denton, and Ellis counties in North Texas are just behind. Sending babies to home-based daycare was slightly less expensive across the board. Morgan Hubbard, who lives in East Austin, isn't surprised after trying to get her daughter in daycare. She worked in finance and says that she had to leave her job after being remote was no longer an option. We realized we were stuck in the middle where we either made too much to get assistance or we didn't make enough to just put her into even a part-time daycare center because the rates were so high. Lawmakers have heard concerns and this past regular session voted to place a constitutional amendment on the November ballot to provide tax relief for child care centers. Child advocates say that would help daycares reinvest in their workforce and even open a classroom that they had to close due to staffing. For more on how costs compare for sending toddlers to daycare and details on financial assistance, head to KXAN.com and click on this story. Texas gets a huge monetary boost in the fight against 
against opioids. Why one government office is calling out several companies in Texas for fueling the opioid epidemic. And a new chapter in a tumultuous year for Twitter. Why the social media company is saying goodbye to its longtime logo. A Cincinnati police officer is in the hospital with serious injuries after he was attacked by a man with a taser. Police got a call this morning that someone was exposing himself in a park. When the officer got there, they say the man attacked the officer. Other cops arrived to find the man on top of the officer on the ground. Witnesses say the man was holding a taser to the officer's neck. The suspect was arrested and that officer is expected to be okay. Well, it is bye bye birdie. Twitter is about to unveil its new logo in a series of tweets today. Elon Musk wrote soon we shall bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually all of the birds in quote. According to Musk, the blue bird will be replaced by an X logo that will go live worldwide as early as Monday. Since purchasing Twitter last October for $44 billion, Musk changed its business name to X Corp, reflecting his vision in creating a super app. Since Musk acquired Twitter, the company has laid off more than half of its workforce in an effort to cut costs. And just this past week, a lawsuit was filed claiming the firm owes at least $500 million in severance pay to former employees. A piece of Austin artwork will appear at Nevada's annual Burning Man Festival next month. A group of Austin artists designed 1,000 hands, a nearly 100-pound, 60-foot art piece created by more than 500 volunteers. Artists behind the installation say the piece is a commentary on the ongoing climate crisis and its impacts on the environment. What you see is a, like a fiery abstract landscape, which has a lot of symbolism with our current climate, political atmosphere, interpersonal uh, lives. And then at night it transforms into a tranquil, peaceful scene, which uh, symbolizes our hopes and Better. Work on the piece is set to wrap up in the middle of August before it is sent to Nevada's Black Rock Desert for installation. We've got more details about the project, including how to volunteer or donate to it online at KXAN.com. While we were watching some showers and storms to the south of Austin, it was another hot day in the city. High of 106 was actually hotter than yesterday and one of the hottest days of the year, but nowhere near the record of 110. This did, of course, add to our number of triple digits. We're now up to 32 for the year, still in sixth place, though, compared to other years through today's date. What about month to date? Still running in first place, tied with last year for the hottest July through now. We'll show you more heat ahead, but a little bit of a change in the weather pattern by next weekend in first warning weather. The Texas Attorney General's office is urging Texas counties to take advantage of millions of dollars the state secured from Walmart. It comes from a settlement the company paid for negligence in selling addictive opioids harming Texans across the state. Ryan Chandler explains what's at stake and the impact it could have. Suffering, addiction, and death. That's how the Texas Attorney General's office describes the impact of a dozen companies on Texas, calling out Walmart, CVS, Johnson & Johnson, and more. The state has sued pharmaceutical companies and pharmacies for negligently marketing opioids, which are highly addictive painkillers. This week, they announced another $168 million settlement with Walmart. 
That brings the state's total to almost $3 billion secured to help local governments cope with the national opioid pandemic. They're now urging cities and counties to sign on to the settlement in order to make sure they get the money owed to them. We spoke with the Potter County Judge Nancy Tanner up in Amarillo, who says she has also seen the dangers of opioid addiction in her own community. I'm sure our, our mental health facility that we have right here now is probably full of people that are opioid addicted. So um, it's, it's a problem and it's a big one, apparently, for the whole United States to have lawsuits everywhere. Cities and counties have until the end of the month to sign on for direct payments and grant money. In Austin, I'm Ryan Chandler. Back to you. All right, we're here with meteorologist Nick Bannon to talk a little bit about the weather. For the second time this weekend, we had a little taste <laughs> of rain. It was just a little taste, and yeah. today it didn't even happen in Austin proper. I know, not in the same places as yesterday, but some yeah. spotty showers and storms mostly south of Austin and into southern sections of the hill country. We may squeeze out one more rain opportunity here tomorrow, but uh, not as uh, widespread, if you want to call it that, as <laughs> what we had this weekend, which really wasn't even that widespread. Let's take it outside now on what is otherwise a Hot but still good looking start to your Sunday evening. So many boats out there at Marble Falls from the Highland Furniture and River City Grill camera. Of course, more of this typical summer-like pattern continues this week with a lot of sunshine and not much in the way of clouds. There go the showers and storms from earlier this afternoon that have mostly dropped off to the south. There's still a low, we'll call it 10% shower storm chance as we head into the next few hours this evening, but most of the activity is now settled off to the south of us. That's thanks to a weak cool front that's been moving through our area slowly. It may try to move north slightly into this evening, but in general, most of the activity is going to continue to stay south of us here tonight. Here's 8 o'clock, which will be partly cloudy and dry, and just a few scattered clouds to start off your Monday morning, otherwise a lot of sunshine here tomorrow. Not all of our computer models suggest a rain chance tomorrow. This one does. It pops up some very isolated showers and storms tomorrow. We'll go with a 10% rain chance tomorrow, but I think truly it's going to be another generally pretty dry day across central Texas here tomorrow. Even if we were to get some isolated storms, they'll be falling apart and drying up as we head into tomorrow night. So tonight we'll get down to 78. Scattered clouds and warm and any isolated showers or storms in the early evening should fade by about 8 or 9 o'clock at the latest. Our day tomorrow does feature a lot of sunshine, 78 at 7, 95 at noon, and then there's that low 10% rain chance later in the day. Most of us staying hot, dry, and sunny with a high of 105 here tomorrow, which is actually a degree cooler than today, or at least not as hot. 105 again here as we head into Monday and Tuesday. The numbers do come down a little bit toward the end of the week and into next weekend as we drop down to 103. Want to talk about the weather setup. We've got, of course, that area of high pressure that weakened and moved westward slightly here during the weekend, which allowed storms and showers to drop in. That high is going to work eastward. To the eastern U.S., a trough of low pressure has set up. This is how typically troughs look. They drop down and you get showers and storms on the east side of them. That's kind of important because later in the week and as we head into next weekend, we may get what's called an inverted trough setting up over the Gulf of Mexico. These look almost opposite to the type of trough I just showed you in the eastern seaboard, but we could get some storms and showers and at least more clouds on the western side of those troughs. So that means both days next weekend, while we'll leave the rain chances out for now, I do expect more clouds and temperatures down slightly 
to 103. But certainly the opportunity that as our forecast gets updated, we may be able to add rain chances to next weekend. But look at our first warning weather seven day forecast just that 10% rain or storm chance later in the day tomorrow. Otherwise, a record tying high of 105. Same for Tuesday, but without the rain chances. And then these numbers slowly come down, but not by a meaningful amount. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. The Claret Jug has been hoisted and in turn drinking out of by some of the biggest names in golf. The leader by a solid five strokes heading into today's final round across the pond. Most certainly not one of the biggest names after today. He sure might be, though. Also not one of the biggest guys at 5'7", according to trustworthy Wikipedia. Brian Harmon eyeing his first major win in the wispy stuff today. Yeah, a lot of green, Nick. I think that's not good. A lot of rain across the pond. We will start with Scotty Scheffler on 17. He was not really in the hunt to win this thing with the long putt here on a par to stay even where he'd finish alongside Jordan Spieth. To Roy McIlroy for birdie on three. This looked really good for him. Goes to four under. Started a string of birdies, but he finished tied for six. Other guy in the final group with Brian Harmon. Cam Young at seven under on the first. Yeah, you kind of knew it was not his day after that. Bad chip. He'd finished tied for eighth. On to the six. Backwards hat. Good putt. John Rahm moves into second. Seven under and four back of Harmon. Clear in second place is the Masters winner this year. Harmon after a bogey on the second does the same on the fifth. Now just three up on Rom. You're thinking we could get an interesting back nine, but Harmon stayed locked in. Not only got back to 12 under, but birdie on 15 got him to 13 under and five up. And it was just a matter of time after that on 18. He knocks it in for par. Finally, some emotion from the Georgia native wins it at 13 under by six strokes over four guys tied for second his first major championship. All right, still to come in sports, a busy day all around. Let's get to some baseball, an extending lead or a shrinking one in the AL West for the Rangers. Highlights coming up. All right, in baseball, Houston Astros in action right now, even late in that one against Oakland, entering the day three back of the Rangers, who are trying to avoid a sweep against the vaunted Dodgers. Let's go to Globe Life. Rangers in the Baby Blues. Bases juice in the first for Max, hitting this one a million miles from home plate is how far that ball went. Muncie with a grand slam. Good start for the visitors. But the Rangers are very good this year, and they did not go quietly. Jonah Heim, RBI double. Nearly caught here in the bottom half of the first inning to cut the deficit in half would be four to two after that after a pair of Rangers came home to touch the plate. Then in the bottom of the second after the Rangers already tied it up. Josh Young another RBI single for the lead and they just kept adding on to that. That made it five to four. They'd go on to win eight to four to avoid the sweep. Now let's get to some football. Day go Quinn Ewers, Jatavian Sanders hosted a camp over at Westlake. We talked with Sanders preseason all Big 12 tight end on the depth of weapons and the pass catcher room for Texas. There's him. There's Xavier Worthy also on that preseason list. There's this guy, John Tay Cook, a number of stars. Here's Sanders on all those weapons. It's only going to make me better, you know, because just knowing the depth that we got in that room, it's only going to want it's only going to make me want the ball more, you know, so I'm going to go out there and work even harder than them. So it's it's going to be competitive all around and we just going to come out there and work for sure. And just about over a month away until we see them in action against Rice. He's ready to go, it looks like, yeah, huh? Big guy. For sure. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. Back in just a moment. Stay with us. 
Well, we have a nice, unfortunate stretch of <laughs> long, dry, uh, dry days, but some wet weather's on its way. Yeah, we think so. Uh, let's look at the seven-day first, which really doesn't have much in the way of rain. But look at the eight to 14-day rainfall outlook from the Climate Prediction Center. This is certainly not a lock, but at least this is a change in the weather pattern. Weather the normal really throughout much of the state, including in the Hill Country, with even higher odds of more rain. So that's the just the type of pattern change we need. Good. Good news for sure. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great night. We hope to see you back here at 10 o'clock.